0: Hello everybody, I hope you're having a great day. Now before we get into today's episode, I have a little favor I need to ask of you. Now this favor is probably only going to take about a minute of your time, so I would appreciate it if you could do this for me. I put a lot of time into these podcasts and it's something I'm very passionate about, so I appreciate any bit of support that I can get. So today's favor is, could you scroll down and under this podcast, go to ratings and reviews and give me a five star rating. And leave me a sweet little review, something I'm going to read, you know, that'll show your support to the podcast. If you're getting any value out of the podcast or any value out of me, just let me know. You know, you can share the podcast with your friends, post it on your social media, whatever. Any bit of support helps me grow the podcast and I will appreciate it so, so much. Anyways, guys, on to this week's episode.
1: Bitch, that's the consequence i got this quick then i'm gone it's just a matter of time before i'm over the fine. and moving on to my crime, just quit my
0: welcome time. welcome back to the sky's the limit podcast a podcast based around showing you that anything you set your mind to is possible i'm your host lucas Aylward. now guys before i get into introducing today's guest i have a couple things i wanted to say First things first, as always, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I appreciate the support so much. And if you're brand new to this episode, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you enjoy. Consider looking at old episodes or even subscribing to the podcast if you enjoy it. The whole point of this podcast, for anyone new, is to inspire you to follow your dreams. So the whole point is for you to listen to these interviews and maybe it flips a light switch in your head that basically says, Wow, I can do this. Uh, I want to I do what they did. They've inspired me. Okay, that's the whole goal of this podcast. Now, with that out of the way, I just wanted to introduce today's guest. Now, today's guest is Mr. Josh Hancock. Josh is a great guy, and he's straight up a champion. The dude is super well-known in the powerlifting community. He won the IPF World Championship in 2014 for his junior division. He's broken 12 IPF world records. He's a four-time Canadian national champion. He won the Arnold Classic Pro Raw Challenge, and he has a massive, massive following on social media. He has 18,000 subs on YouTube, and he has 15.5K followers on Instagram. And he's also sponsored by Jack Factory. Now, Jack Factory, you might recognize the name from the episode with Morgan McDonald. Really great supplement company. Now, Josh, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on my podcast. How are you doing?
1: Hey, buddy. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: I'm doing good, man. Happy Friday. Can't complain. <laughs> so, dude, I'm gonna hop right into it. Yeah. I just want to get right into the powerlifting because I know you're <laughs> you're a strong dude, and you're definitely big into powerlifting. Just like the intro said, there, you've you've done a lot, dude. You've done like a lot of great things, and I just want to get into like how did that all happen for you? So, where did powerlifting start?
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. Um. Yeah. Well, it all started because so growing up, I was I was big into sports so I've always been uh been big into sports I started playing hockey when I was like six years old and uh soccer in the summers did a little bit of running and but those were basically my three sports that I was involved in okay and I was always like super athletic like it just came naturally to me um and but I found that in hockey for example I don't know if you played hockey growing up but uh I didn't know I,
0: I played soccer <laughs> that's it okay. really okay
1: well, in hockey, it makes a big difference if you're a bigger guy, and I wasn't. I was always one of the smallest people on the team, and um, so, but I was really fast. And when it came to high school, in particular, uh, that was when things started getting really physical. And I was super fast, and I wanted to stand out on my team, so I started to go to the gym, and okay. this is kind of where it all where it all started. And that was actually influenced by my dad who was also a powerlifter okay yeah my so my dad competed in powerlifting back in the day and he was like you should go to the gym now he didn't say you should get into powerlifting but he said he kind of wrote me up a little uh, training split and uh just to get stronger and faster and it worked tremendously like in in high school uh those were my best hockey years I mean, I was probably more of a grinder at that at that stage in the game, like a second, third line guy, uh, but uh, worked really hard and I could throw my body around only weighing like 145 pounds, but uh, I could do a lot of damage because of how strong I was getting. In grade 12, I I, I played in uh, the Joe, old Joe Lewis Arena down in Detroit and put someone through the glass. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, that's kind of how it all started. I, I, I got into... Um, Uh, lifting weights for hockey and then when high school hockey uh came to an end and i was going to memorial university for my my undergrad in business Mm -hmm. i still wanted to uh, do some sort of sports because it's been a part of my life so i decided to try a powerlifting competition that was in 2011 and uh i guess you could say i've been hooked ever since
0: it's good though because you know you found your passion for powerlifting by doing something else. Like it wasn't like you went out one day and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to be a powerlifter Cause you saw something on like YouTube or whatever you, you felt like it was something you needed to do to progress in hockey, which is what you were doing at the time. And then you found something new that you loved as almost like a side thing to something else, which is cool because I love when I hear those types of stories, people find, you know, they don't, things come to them, uh, without them expecting it. And then it becomes something so passionate to them. So, uh, speaking of, you know, you just said you got into powerlifting, uh, something that I was curious to know is why didn't you go down the bodybuilding route? Cause I know that a lot of people here in Newfoundland they're you know, I know a lot of people that are into the gym and it's all about the bodybuilding competitions and, you know, physique and stuff like that and the aesthetics and the muscle mass. So what made you kind of go out to the, in you know, like a powerlifting route?
1: Right. Well, I guess it comes down to the fact that I was training for the goal of getting stronger and faster to to begin with, right? So like Mm -hmm. the the whole reason I went to the gym was, again, for hockeys. And then I I just started to realize that, you know, like I'll give you an example. Like I was uh, in grade 12, so my final year, I was about 145 pounds and I bench pressed 255. that was at the beginning of grade 12. And when I graduated, <laughs> when I graduated the same year, I Brent, I benched touch and go, but I still did 335. So I already had a tremendous amount of strength in high school. Yeah. And I kind of then just leaned into my strengths that I, in that I knew that obviously I was, I was very strong specifically for my, my weight. And that's kind of what made me appeal to powerlifting. Um, because obviously that powerlifting has weight classes. I was a lighter guy who could lift as much weight pretty much as heavier men. And that was what um, interest interested me about it. Bodybuilding is something that I've always like been a fan of, like, but it's never been something that, like it doesn't scratch my own itch. It's, uh, I like watching it and I'm really fascinated by it, but it's not something that I ever really wanted to compete in myself
0: okay yeah i know especially with like um with powerlifting, i know it's it's all about relative strength from what i know uh like you said if you're you know a smaller guy lighter weight that could lift the same as someone heavier that puts you in like a different category you're like whoa this dude's special like this is this is amazing how can he do that like you just said that you're you know hitting like two three hundred pounds like that's you have like a phenomenal weight especially for being a lighter guy and uh it, it, honestly, it's a it's a bit mind blowing because like I'm sure that's gonna like turn heads when they when they hear about that and they're just like, holy shit! I don't how is he how's he doing that? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh it's definitely it's definitely crazy. So did you completely give up with hockey to go into powerlifting at any point?
1: I did, yeah, because um, but it wasn't for that goal. I I quit hockey basically because at the end of high school. Uh, I was going to university. And then what comes next, if you're if you're in Newfoundland anyways, is you basically play junior B. And uh, I looked at that and I didn't really uh, want to do that. I just, it, it wasn't intriguing to me. Um, I think it would be different if I had excelled to a higher level and then maybe I was drafted to the Q or something like that. I would have kept going uh, in hockey. But when it was when basically I realized I, I hit my capacity and my limit, uh, I basically had that epiphany for hockey. So I decided to stop uh, uh, playing hockey. And then when I did, that was kind of when I started competing more in powerlifting. Um, so there was no real overlap between uh, the two sports.
0: Okay. So you started competing in powerlifting. And, you know, where, where did you – how did you get to the point of being – the world champion for your division so what what where's what's filling the gap there so what was the next step after your first competition to get to being the world champion
1: yeah so my, my first contest was actually so it was in uh, 2011 june so it was at the very end of high school like uh, like literally the last few weeks of high school and then but that competition was uh like what we have in powerlifting is called like equipped lifting so it had like bench shirts squat suits uh, knee wraps, stuff like that. But I, I had no interest in, no, no interest in competing that way, because that's not how I trained in the gym, and it's also not. I found it's not relatable. Like if you took you and I went to the gym, and said, "Hey, man, how much can you bench?" And I, I said that I could do five hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then I say with a bench shirt, like people don't understand that. So I never, and I didn't understand it. So I, I just never liked it. Um, so uh, I got into the sport at a time when raw lifting was becoming popular and thankfully for that. So then, uh, in my next competition was raw and I'll, and then thereafter, every contest that I did was raw, meaning that, uh, you just wear knee sleeves, wrist wraps, and a belt. Okay. Uh, So yeah, so that's how it happened. And in 2011, I did, uh, a raw competition. My my second contest was raw and then I realized that um, like the numbers that I hit for example I was 18 years old I squat 475 pounds I bench pressed 320 and I deadlifted 475 and uh, I was only 18 and I was I literally didn't know what I was doing but I realized <laughs> at that point that um, that I had a chance to do uh, very well in the sport if I put my mind to it and if I had laser focus and started doing more research on technique and programming and uh, things like that.
0: Okay. So from there, you kind of just uh, went to training mode, focused on how to improve. Uh, you did another another competition, and then, you know, you kind of rank that way? Is that how it went? Yeah. Like so, you just... so
1: basically, the way it worked, like, for a timeline for you guys was – uh, that competition where where I just spoke about my numbers, that was in November of 2011. I took all of, uh, so the next calendar year, I would have been my first year in junior, 2012. I took that whole year and I didn't compete at all. I just worked out in the gym. I said, all right, I'm going to try and get as strong as I possibly can here. So that first year in junior, there's a gap where you're basically 19-year-olds competing against 23-year-olds, and there's a big difference between a 19-year-old and a 23-year-old when it comes to strength training. Mm-hmm. So I, I I acknowledge that, and instead of competing, I decided to focus on getting better in the gym. And then I competed in 2013 at uh, the Arnold uh, Arnold Classic, and I did, did well there. I squat 529 pounds, benched uh, 340, I believe, and I deadlifted 490. So uh that was when I registered like a, a massive squat and uh that was really the first international contest where I made a name for myself where, where people around Canada would start messaging me and saying like and talking and saying like this guy's an up and comer, like he's gonna be he's gonna be really good. And then twenty fourteen, uh I went to Eastern's or sorry, I went to nationals, won that and secured my position for Team Canada. Cause in order to go to the world championships you have to win nationals or come second and the, f- the first medal winner has mm-hmm. to drop out so I, I secured my spot for team canada and i remember at that moment like that was like a super um, emotional moment for me in that like i knew that i was probably six months out or four months out or something from fulfilling my my dream and uh and then it came true uh in june
0: wow you hit that dream. I'm I'm curious what motivated you this whole time. That's something I really want to ask you is like, what kept pushing you? Like, what was it that, uh, you know, you had in your head that was like that fuel, you know what I mean? So,
1: yeah, sure. Um, honestly, a, I think a large part of it was where we're from. So we're from like, for those of you who don't know, listening, we're from a small island and, and you might've heard of the island mentality before. And I'm not, I'm not shitting on where I'm from, but <laughs> there
0: is a the lo- mentality though. Yeah. I, I love this yeah.
1: place. I do, but we have closed minded mentality. And I remember just talking like big, like talking a big dream to people. And I would, I would even tell, like, I mean, some of my best friends, like I would be like, man, like looking at them dead in their eyes, like they would look at me like I was insane. And I was like, I'm going to win a world title. And they would just look at me like, like I was like psychotic. Oh, I hate that, man. I hate yeah, it so, so much. <laughs> but I mean, like, that, that was it. So then I was like, I was motivated in twofold. I was motivated because I wanted to prove that, I know that other Newfoundlanders have done it, but I wanted to show that a Newfoundlander could do it. A. B, I wanted to prove to other people who said I couldn't do it that I could. And then I wanted to help the people who were supporting me and make them feel like they've won by investing their time and energy in me and uh things like that so that was really what motivated me and it was it was even i can remember i uh i had a date with my ex-girlfriend at the time the very first date like one of the reasons like why we uh i think we like why i liked her so much after this but like again i was just telling her some of my goals because she knew like that uh obviously I was competing at the time and I, I looked at her and on my wall, like in my bedroom, I had the world records. They were up on the wall, like the current world records. And I said, I'm coming for all of these. And she was just like, yeah, you could definitely do it. And I was like, what the heck? Like the first person who like (laughs) ever said like, yeah, you're going to do this. And (laughs) that was, uh, that was a big moment for me. So yeah, just little things like that, man. I was like, I was super obsessed and just wanted to, break the world records and, and win that world title more than I could ever possibly explain.
0: Honestly, dude, that, that, that really hit me right there. Cause I feel like I can relate to that so much It's like, so similar to what I've been through. I actually have a tattoo on my chest. This is tell me I can't, I'll show you. I can Right, pretty much to say, cause like I had that, you know, that island mentality. Yeah. everyone's saying, no, you can't do it. Oh, you're not gonna be able to do that. Cause like I, I didn't have, my goals were big for me at the time. I didn't have like break any world titles or, you know, world Mm -hmm. records or anything like that. I just saw somebody on YouTube that was really, uh, fit and aesthetic. And I was like, I want to get to that point at someday. And I want to be like a, I want to be somewhat of an influencer to people. I want people to look up to me and, and look at me as like their motivation type thing. Um, so that's honestly awesome that you did that. And you found support in in people and you, you did have your circle of people that did support you on those goals. And obviously it, it all worked out because you hit all those goals. Right. So that's that's amazing and I'm I'm glad I asked you that to be honest with you because you know that got me a little bit uh, in and soft spot so anyways dude I, I, I know the goals and you know all this stuff is is really motivational and you know hearing the su- success but I want to go more into like um, the setbacks because sure. you know some people will hear like a success story and they're like oh it's easy all he did was train really hard and yeah. you know take time off train do competitions train and he won. he won right so they need to know what what can what's the bad things that can happen like what are the negative yeah. sides of, of getting so heavily into powerlifting
1: yes well i mean it, there's a there's a given a take to anything so like i'll i'll talk a little bit about um some of the things that i've personally dealt with um so first of all when when you say like you have to go and train hard, like I mean everyone can acknowledge that. When, when first of all, if you show up at the World Championships, every single person there trains hard. So first of all, that like that that needs to be said. Like every single person there is worthy and needs and and needs acknowledgement. Um, I, I have nothing but respect for all all the competitors I've ever gone against because even just to show up and make that walk and go on that platform represent your country, no matter where you're from is is a tremendous burden to bear and uh, unless you've done it you really don't understand Mm -hmm. so first of all there's that second of all it like if your friends like for example i used to only like you know i was young but i I would only drink twice a year so uh like little sacrifices like that like if my buddies were like hey let's go out for a bite to eat and grab a a pint like i'd be like no i can't like or i'd come and i'd Mm -hmm. eat and i'd get a water and like i would do that but um just like the little sacrifices hey there's this big party tonight you should come along man like you know i don't know this girl wants to beat you and then no one go because i'm focused laser focused on my goal so like little sacrifices like that th- that um, especially when you're young like when you know you're 20 to 23 it's really difficult to make those decisions oh yeah for sure but um but that was one thing that i found to to be difficult like i always would look at my friends uh, going out and partying and having fun and, and whatever. But uh, I felt like kind of like a loner, I guess, or like left out, fo- uh, bad case of FOMO. Uh, that's, what, that's what I found. But then on top of that, there's also the, the part where you can get injured, of course. When you lift heavy weights, there's always a possibility that you can get hurt. Mm-hmm. And in, in 2014, I fulfilled my goal of winning the world title. And everything was going great, and I was on, I was I was on a massive high, um, and I felt like I felt like at that point that I could do anything, and that I could pretty much lift whatever I wanted. And that next year, I mean, there's old training footage on my YouTube uh, channel. Like the the weights I were I was like putting up were insane. So like I I did a squat of 550 for three, I deadlifted uh, 605 for three. I mean, I was just possessed to win another world title, mm-hmm. and then um, I blew out two discs in my back. Um. I uh, yeah, so I was the gold medal favorite coming in to defend my world title, and I was the gold medal favorite by a lot. Like the next no, next closest guy wasn't even going to be close. And uh, uh, I started my prep. I was about nine uh, nine weeks out, and uh, just my my bot, my back just threw out and. Uh, I basically went the whole training camp uh, not being able to lift like 315 in the squat. So I could like basically bench press more than I could squat. And uh, I showed up at Worlds 2015, and I still squat 535. I benched uh, like 375, I think, around there. But then I bombed out on deadlift. And what a bombing out means is that you're disqualified from the competition because you failed to register a lift. So I had like my heart like ripped out of my chest, and it was because uh, I was injured, I still showed up. The reason I showed up was because of two reasons. A, I had the sunken co- cost fallacy where I already spent the monies, so therefore, I, th- I thought I should go anyways. Mm-hmm. But B, I al- also felt like, if I'm the defending world champion and I'm hurt, I should show up because I should let somebody steal the title away from me, or I should show up. And if I won, imagine what kind of story that would be that with two herniated discs, he still defended. That was my mentality Just showed up. Unfortunately, like the house won that. um, And uh, you know, I was just playing with a bad, bad hand, but uh, that is something that is brutal. Like when you show up after putting in so much work, and, uh, you know, your, your mind wants to lift it. Like my mind thought I could lift it. It was only 550 pounds. I've done it many, many, many times. It was my opener the previous year and I could not budget. It felt like I was trying to deadlift like a house mm-hmm. uh, because, because my back was giving out, I was in pain and I was shaking. And, uh, that was, uh, probably the most humiliating moment in my entire life.
0: Wow. That's, uh, so when, that was 2015? 2015.
1: 2015, yeah.
0: Okay. So what what has happened after that? So after you, you know, you get left with with the, de- the deadlift disqualification, uh, what was kind of like, did you have a, a plan to get back there? Or did you kind of just, uh, what was your mindset leaving that after that happened? You said it was the most humili- humiliating thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah. Um, so what was your game plan after that happened?
1: Well, my, my game plan was that I was going to come back stronger than ever before. And, um, I probably rushed it, honestly. Um, I, I think I rushed back into the sport too quick, not into the sport, I should say, but to competing again, my next, so that was in June. And I mean, I had two full blown herniated discs, L4, L5, L5, S1, which is like really debilitating to a powerlifter specifically. Um, cause of squats and deadlifts. And, um, I competed again, I think it was in September and I did two contests in a week. And I know that sounds really stupid and it, and it is, but the the caveat was that I, I was invited to go to Australia and the guy was going to pay for my flights. If I did two contests in a week, the guy who organized it. So I, I, I just went for it because I was like, I'm not going to go to Australia unless I do this. And, uh, I went there and, and did that, but I, yeah, I basically rushed myself back into the sport and I'm leaving out a big part of it here, which is the psychological aspect of becoming injured. And that is probably worse than the physical pain, uh, the psychological aspect of knowing your potential. Like I know that I'm capable of deadlifting 650, but I can't do it cause I'm injured. So I'm here doing X that weighs on you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was the part that I found the, the most challenging. I, I c- continued to compete. I did another national championship in 2016, um, in February and I did it. And then basically I just couldn't do it anymore. Like I hit the point mentally where I, I knew that I, like my back was still in pain And, uh, I was trying to pretend that I wasn't hurt, but when I was, and basically I essentially retired from the sport for over three years until more recently now that I'm starting to get back into competing, but it was Mm -hmm. purely, I think I would track it back and say that it was all from the 2015, uh, back injury that I kind of didn't address. And I try to just power my way through it because I was stubborn and Mm -hmm. much younger.
0: So if you, it's a temporarily retired and you said you're getting back into it now, which is awesome to hear. Um, in the three years time, what was your main focus then? Did you have like a new goal that you're trying to reach? or Did you have uh, new new hobbies come into play for those three years?
1: Yeah, so so essentially like, the way it worked out for me was just to backtrack a little bit before that was in 2015, when I went to Ash. Australia, like I started like leveraging basically social media building a, a social media and uh, uh, basically I started combining my passion for entrepreneurship with powerlifting so I started coaching people I started doing seminars and I uh, I had a business partner Brett Gibbs who's also a world champion uh, at the at the time we were business partners and uh, basically I did a South Pacific tour so I did seminars in New Zealand, Australia, Singapore, Malaysia. I've done some just by myself in uh, uh, Ohio and in Ireland. And I did another with Brett as well in Toronto. So I've done uh, like 12 seminars in seven different countries or something. Uh, That was all in a very short period of time. So all while my back was uh, injured and I'm here trying to juggle school full time and juggle a business, and juggle social media, um, I'm going through this back injury. And it was just a lot of things that was basically burning out from both ends of the candle. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so when, when, I, when I stepped away from the sport in 2016, I said, okay, what can I focus on right now? I can focus on getting better. I don't need to worry about getting stronger right now. I need to get better physically and mentally. And uh, I decided to finish my business degree, which was taking longer than normal because of all the things that I mentioned, competing and traveling and Mm -hmm. everything like that. So I finished that degree and then I applied to law school and uh, I moved to the United Kingdom for two years and I finished uh, my, I just recently graduated with a Bachelor of Laws, uh, yeah, from the United Kingdom. So those have been my main focuses for the past few years, been more so transitioning um, ironically, I, I kind of went backwards instead of most people get a degree and then they go do the job. I t- kind of had a, had a business, then went back, did a degree and now <laughs> I'm going for it again. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I did, man. I just focused in on my academics and wanted to further my, uh, I guess you could say my, my academic career. And uh, yeah,
0: that's good that you focus on that. You didn't waste any time. You You got you were productive again with things, yep. you know, for your yourself, investing yourself in your education and uh, things of that nature. But um, with that being said, once, you know, you felt like you were recovered, like you mentioned that you're getting back into powerlifting now. So what are your goals as of right now when it comes to like, let's say, uh, investing in yourself? So say like powerlifting goals or, you know, business goals or financial goals, things like that.
1: Yeah, so um, I guess my powerlifting goals, it, it, it happened really weird why I got back into it. I, I guess, like, I'm a real goal-oriented individual. So if I don't have a goal, I go, like, crazy, yeah. essentially. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. not have a goal. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, like, subconsciously, when I realized that I was graduating, like, like, basically in January, where I was like, oh, my God, I'm graduating in June, like, I need a new goal. Like, what's my new goal? So I I started running. First of all, I picked up running, and then I started lifting weights heavy. So I was at one point in time doing almost 10K runs every day, and uh, that was in the morning. And then in the evening, I was lifting weights, and I was lifting pretty heavy, too. I was, like, deadlifting 500 while running a 10K in the morning like a psycho. (laughs) So I felt like a Navy SEAL or something, but I was like, all right, maybe I should uh, compete again because I was like – I was like, you know what? Like, I, I know more now. I know I'm much more self-aware. I know my body. I understand the game. I've competed at a very high level at a young age. So I have a tremendous advantage that a lot of other people don't have. And I was like, I think I could do it without letting it consume my life. Because for far too long, I let it just take over my life. And now I realize that I can control it. And it can't yeah. control me.
0: Exactly.
1: So... Uh, my goal in powerlifting, first of all, was just to just get back on the platform. And I did that in Ireland. I competed. Um, I actually competed at a gym where I hosted a seminar before. So I reached out because I seen that they were, they were holding a meet and uh, he invited me over. Uh, It's my, he's actually now my nutrition coach. His name's Gar Ben, great guy. And I went over and I was like, man, there's no other place I'd rather compete in my first contest than back in Ireland with all these crazy uh, Irish lads who, you know, love (laughs) lifting weights and they're just super happy and positive. So showed up at the meet, had the most fun I've ever had. There was literally no pressure. uh, And I went nine for nine for the first time as well. So meaning that I hit every single attempt that I put on the bar, I got it. That's the first time I've ever done that in my lifting career. And now my next goal is to I'm basically leapfrogging, so I'm now doing Eastern Canadian Championships. I have that in a few weeks, September the 13th. And after I do that, uh, if I if I do well there, which I, I anticipate that I will, that I will uh, go to nationals. And then, as we know, if I if I win that, then hopefully i'll get to represent canada again on the on the world stage and see what i can do in the open division
0: that would be a, an amazing thing you know it, that's definitely a story like you hit me with a story today like this is like an actual story i gotta say man like the ups and downs is crazy uh um, yeah so that's your goals with like the uh, the powerlifting side of that are you are, there, are you looking to get back into like being an, um, like a business owner i guess or are you more or less just trying to go down the route of like um, the law and the uh, you know things of that uh, field? I, think
1: I'll, I think i'll probably do both um but definitely i mean a lot degree is very expensive uh so i feel like i need to at least make my money back in terms of of that uh and, and it's something i'm really passionate about honestly uh from having your own business, as you know, sometimes like for seminars specifically, I would, you know, negotiate my contract, um, and, and my terms myself, that, that was kind of what spiked my interest in corporate law, um, in conjunction with having a, a, a degree in business also helps. So that was something that I wanted to do. And I mean, I love entrepreneurship. Uh, and if I could help any entrepreneurs, whether it's through like a podcast or if through... If, from a, an attorney perspective, when I'm a lawyer, because I'm not yet, but if I was, then be able to help them like incorporate their business, help them with whatever matters that they have. I mean, I would love that because then I know that I'm actually helping that entrepreneur succeed to the highest levels. And that's really what it's all about for me. Um, but in short, basically, I hope to practice law. And then on the side, I would also like to, you know, still be involved in the fitness industry and um, just helping people. Uh, in in general i guess
0: okay yeah because i know like like we said earlier that you know fitness for me i know at this point is more of like a sod thing just for my you know for me as like a person like my health and like just feeling good i'm not looking at fitness as like a a career like my sights are set elsewhere i've other things i'm trying to do right now so Mm -hmm. it's 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 admirable that you can you branch out and be like a hybrid right multiple things at once
1: yeah and and like i think the thing with with me is and this is i kind of shot myself in the, in the foot was that i pretty much only post on my social media and you, you've probably noticed this too it's very like it's very much so pretty much only about powerlifting but and what I'm trying to do is to warm up my audience to get used to me talking about other matters because I've kind of branded myself as a powerlifter. And that Mm -hmm. comes, that comes from my pedigree of course of competing. So I don't really have a choice. Even if I posted anything, I'm still known as the powerlifting guy, but I would much more. So in the next, you know, few coming years want to brand myself as kind of just being somebody who can really talk about uh, anything essentially. And, um, I guess, push people like I didn't want to be known as just being a powerlifter. There's a yeah, reason yeah. I went back to school and did other things that have nothing. a new I didn't do kinesiology, for example, and I didn't do nutrition. And um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that it's not in the same field as powerlifting. It's that I wanted to be as well rounded of an individual as I can be. And that those are basically my I guess my self fulfilling goals that I have within the next few years.
0: Okay, all right, yeah. Well, like I said before, that's good. Now, you know, now that you're mentioning social media, uh, mm-hmm. you do have a large following on YouTube and Instagram. So, uh, your YouTube has around eighteen thousand followers, and or sub sorry, and then your Instagram has around sixteen thousand or so, fifteen point five or something Definitely. like that, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. How did that happen for you when you, did you actually like dial in and be like, okay, I need to figure out how to grow social media or did you kind of just do your in real life things and then social media was like a reflection on that. So let's say you did a competition you won and the next thing you know, your social media blew up. Is that how that happened for you or did you kind of dive into social media as almost like find a strategy on how to grow your platform?
1: No, I de- I definitely, so basically one thing that's always haunted me was that in, in 2014, when I, when I won Worlds and I, and I did everything that I did and I succeeded, I, I mean, I instantly was upset at myself that I wasn't showing my progress and my journey leading into that event. So okay. I knew that right away that I was upset. I, I had put up a video on my, uh, my YouTube channel, I literally had like seven subscribers, but I, I put up a video showing what I did at Nationals but I didn't show all the training. I didn't put up any tips. I didn't show like a vlog or anything like that, for example. And I instantly was like, man, I just missed a massive opportunity because you know yourself, if you're following some guy and you're like, man, this guy might win, this guy's going to like do it. And then he wins. Like that's, that's a story. Like, like you said, it's a story. It's the person was along for the journey. You have a lifelong you could have a lifelong uh, fan, I guess you could say, Yeah. but basically I essentially started posting after I won because I knew that I missed the boat, but I, I realized that, okay, here's my opportunity. Cause I might win again next year. Right. And <laughs> unfortunately that never happened, but I, I still knew that I needed to start posting on social media and building an audience. It was a really conscious decision for me to start posting when you post as a, as a quote, influencer, uh, Versus posting as a normal uh, consumer, I would say, yep. you post very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to think about what's a good message to send for the most part, anyways, and how do I put out content that people want to see? How do I provide value versus versus you know making a Facebook status saying you know I just took a big poop? Yeah, like that's you know yeah. it's just totally different than uh, you know seeing some of the things I see on social media. Um, so I, I recognized that I needed to build my following. And then um, when I took time off of the sport uh, and went, went back to school, I realized that I wanted to only focus on school like that was really the bread and butter of what I was doing because it's such a big financial commitment. And so I did that and I slacked off on my social media big time and I actually lost a big following. Um, so I had about 22,000 followers on Instagram at one point. Yeah. And then I didn't post anything about powerlifting or anything relevant for about three years. So it makes sense that I lost a following. Yeah. And then same thing with, with YouTube. I went a couple of years without uploading anything. And naturally, like I would do the same thing. I would stop following the person if they stopped putting out content. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it all started. I I just kind of realized that I wanted to start helping people. I thought that I had, uh, some knowledge that I could share. And I realized like when I, when I started in the sport and just in general life things, like I, I still daily listen to certain people talk and listen to interviews and podcasts like this where I'm, I'm trying to learn. And, uh, I guess I realized that I need to start doing that again Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, so here we are.
0: I know I know for myself, you know, you just said to me is like people are hungry man on social media. Like if you're known as like a dude say you're just like always shirtless and you're posting like, you know, yeah. your aesthetics and next as soon as you post a picture with a shirt on, you lost 500 followers. It's actually crazy <laughs> how people are when you're at that level, right? Yeah. It's 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 <laughs> it's funny and and people look at you, especially here with Newfoundland mentality, if you're quote-unquote an influencer right Um yeah you know they look at you like why do you post like that why do you have these captions why do you have Why do you post so many photos it's like they don't yeah. really understand those things and it's a little bit frustrating sometimes but you know I've adjusted to it I'm sure you're <laughs> kind of adjusted to it as well especially yeah. with everything you've been through Um so in conclusion with like the powerlifting stuff water like some Tips you could give somebody who's looking to get into the sport. So say, um, if say they're a young powerlifter right now, uh, what are some things that you could tell them like to focus on? Um, yeah, like tip-wise. Uh,
1: the number one thing would be technique. Um, if you have bad technique, you're just asking for an injury. Uh, so just focus on technique. You can do that by uh, asking some people in the gym who know what they're talking about. Um, or you could watch videos on YouTube um, and and seeing how uh, people at high levels do it, or watching informative videos. Uh, a channel that I would highly recommend checking out—it's uh, huge on Instagram, I think it has over a million followers—is Squat University. puts out great content, um, scientific. Jeff Nippard is, of course, another guy who puts out a lot of great content, and uh, I would cling on to things like that. But then also <laughs> another point is to To don't, uh, like, there's a lot of stress. A lot of people talk about, like, don't overtrain and, you know, mobility this and warm up this. And that's all fine. But at the end of the day, you also have to work hard. Like, if you, if you I've seen people come into the gym sometimes. They do about 45 minutes of mobility and work out for 10 minutes and leave. And then I don't, I genuinely don't understand how they think that they're going to get stronger by doing (laughs) that. Um, So you have to also put in the work. But uh, yeah, focus on technique and just look to people uh, who know what they're talking about and listen to them and take what you like and what you don't like. And Yeah. And
0: I got another question when it comes to advice for the younger generation. That was great advice for powerlifting. What is your advice on uh, just goals in general, right? So say somebody has any kind of goal, whether it's powerlifting, whether it's, you know, to be a business owner, whether it's to get a million subs on YouTube, what would your advice be when it comes to, like, uh, reaching the goal and having to deal with that, like, negative mentality around you of people telling you, like, oh, that's crazy. You're not going to be able to do that. Uh, You know, like, people look at you like a psycho. So what is your advice towards that?
1: I mean, whatever your goal is, you just can't let anyone – you have to protect your goal because people are always going to try and, you know – i guess discourage you or say that it can't be done or even just they're not trying to say it can't be done they're just saying it likely can't be done but if you don't have a thick skin then you're that's going to wear you down pretty fast also surround yourself with people who want you to succeed like i know who like i have like literally like four good friends that's it and that's all i want because more than that then my circle gets polluted uh, I basically just want people who want me to succeed the high levels. And I know that they would take a bullet for me and I would take one for them. Uh, I would recommend getting people who believe in you, who, uh, who, yeah, basically want you to succeed and help, uh, give you some advice when you need it and are there when the going gets tough. Um, also I would recommend networking specifically, like if your goal is to be an influencer, for example you could reach out, do podcasts similar to this, or you could even do, uh, I don't know, it depends on what you're doing. If you're doing a vlog, for example, I gained some traction before from doing vlogs with like Nick Wright and Max Tuning, just things like that, like where you could, uh, be willing to travel. Like I didn't say, Hey, come to Newfoundland. Like I went to them. Right. So you have to be willing to make a little sacrifice in order to do that. And, uh, Specifically when it comes to business, um, like I don't think business school helped me with business in any way, shape, or form. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that probably, that probably hit home for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but, but for, for me, I, I personally didn't. Now, it might help some people, but uh, it didn't really help me other than maybe, uh, let's see, time management, which you can learn in other ways without going and doing a degree, uh but i didn't find that it helped me i think that an entrepreneur needs to just get it just you know dig his teeth in and go for it and <laughs> touch the burner when it's hot then to move your hand and just adjust accordingly
0: yeah, i don't know if you're a fan of gary Vee or anything but he absolutely <laughs> despises college <Yeah>. and university <laughs> yeah so yeah funny.
1: yeah i'm a huge fan of gary v and um yeah. I mean, I have a business degree, so I'm not like, I'm not trying to say it's like a bad thing oh, no, no, to no. do. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, uh, and it depends what your goal is, man. Like if you want to go get a job, I think your best bet is to go get a degree because like, it's, it's kind of difficult. A lot of firms uh, and organizations specifically in Newfoundland are pretty, uh, you know, they, 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 they want that. They want that piece of paper. They want they want it, or else they're not going to hire you. It's a requisite for a lot of companies. So if your goal is to get a steady job, which is fine, mm-hmm. then yeah, it makes sense. But if your goal is to be an entrepreneur and you really don't care that you if you have a degree or if you don't, then you probably shouldn't get one.
0: That was a good answer. This perfect. <laughs> that was a good way to touch it up. But. Uh... Anyways, dude, we've been running now for close to an hour. I'm just going to ask you one last thing, and that's your final thoughts. You know, if you have anything to say to me, anything that you kind of want to just touch on, clue up before the episode ends, you can shoot that out now.
1: Hmm. Oh, no, I just really, I just want to like thank you for having me on and letting me talk. And you asked some really good questions. And uh, I like what you're doing, I like the fact that, you know, you're here. Uh, doing some for Newfoundland, anyway, some pretty innovating things, and having, thank you so uh, much. <laughs> yeah, you know, like having a podcast, and you know, I l- I like the concept. As soon as you reached out, I was I was uh, fired up, and yeah, just thanks for having me. Super grateful to be here.
0: Thank you for saying that, man. I really appreciate that. I'm trying to do my best here, so it's all it's all good, man. That really pumped me up too. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, guys. I'm going to end this episode here. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed doing this episode. Flow flowed very well. Josh very well-spoken, very knowledgeable dude, very well-educated, very successful in what he's doing. So, guys, I'm just going to drop his social media things, uh, his links down below. Uh, Josh, your Instagram is just Josh Hancock, right? It's just yep. straight that's spelling, point. right? Same yep. similar to mine. So, Josh Hancock, uh, that's going to be linked. Uh, his YouTube. Um, he's coming back on name. YouTube. It's just... just my name as well. Okay, so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm assuming like Twitter, maybe same thing. Not sure if you're big on Twitter or Facebook. I
1: I actually only just got Twitter again recently, so I have like literally seven followers. But if you guys want to follow there and hit <laughs> me up with questions, you're you're more likely to get an answer because I don't have anyone following me. So
0: it's all yeah, it's all good over there on Twitter. I don't yeah. use it much either, man. Twitter's
1: awesome. dying, man. It's just dying.
0: Oh, it is for sure. anyways guys thank you so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this episode like i said give us some feedback guys follow josh follow the podcast page at the skies the limit podcast i'm trying to build that up i only created that there recently if you guys aren't following that go over there and remember to rate and review the podcast guys that really helps me out i love seeing the reviews i love seeing the ratings it just pushes me even more to continue doing what i'm doing so anyways guys hope you enjoy your weekend Happy Friday. Well, it's for re- Friday and day of recording. But happy Friday, guys. See you next time. Peace.
1: matter before am over the moving